Hello and welcome to The Finch Takes It All, a brand new limited series podcast which celebrates and reflects on the filmography of director David Fincher ahead of the release of his next movie, Mank. I'm your host, Emily Murray, and today I'm joined by film journalist and filmmaker Sarah Cook for a very special bonus episode looking at Fincher's career directing music videos. A prolific music video director, it was on this scene he made his entry, with his work in the likes of Vogue and Janie's Got a Gun impacting the way he would direct his feature films. Having made dozens of music videos, Finch has worked for the likes of Madonna, Michael Jackson, Rick Springfield, Justin Timberlake and many more. Me and Sarah discuss some of our favourites and how they are clear indicators of not only Finch's talents behind the camera, but of the style of feature films he would later helm. Hello Sarah and welcome to The Finch Takes It All. How are you today? I'm good, thank you for having me. Thank you very much for uh, coming on. Um, so we're having a bit of a fun episode today, aren't we? Which was your idea, actually, to yeah. uh, to look at music videos. Um, before we get into that, just want to tell us a bit about yourself and what you do. Oh, um, hello. Uh, I keep waving, forgetting that this is a podcast. <laughs> um, so I like everyone to remember I'm doing a big wave. Uh, I am big, big wave. Big, big wave. Big wave, like a kids' TV show. Hello. <laughs> Uh, I am Sarah Cook. I am uh, many things. Uh, first and most prominently, editor in chief of Movies on Weekends. Um, I am the marketing manager of Pitch House Central, um, and I also write and write books, make short films, um, with aspirations of being a director, writer someday. Yes, one day. Well, you make short films, but soon, hopefully, we'll see you on the uh, on a big screen, Sarah. That'd yeah, be exciting. That'd be amazing. And then you could be doing a podcast on my features. Yes, but then we'd have to think of like an ABBA pun with your surname. An ABBA pun. Because obviously, knowing me, knowing you, Fincher takes it all. <laughs> so we'd have to try and think of something with Cook. With Cook. Um, I'm already trying to think of one and fail it. <laughs> I'm already trying to think of one. It's like so far in the future, but I'm already like, oh, there must be a good cook one. Yeah, because yeah. cooks are good. Okay, we will think of one during the episode. We will episode. think of one, yeah. <laughs> um, so obviously, this podcast is dedicated to uh, David Fincher. Uh, would you describe yourself as a Fincher fan? Yes, 100%. <laughs> he is in my, I think... He is my second favorite director. Like I just Edgar Wright pips him, just like a like a slight. Okay. But a Fincher, a little bit. This this is because um, I don't hate any Edgar Wright films, and I really really hate Alien Three. So um, oh, so yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that it's just that kind of violence. Like there's just just he's just a smidge ahead, but everything that Fincher touches, I think, turns to gold. So except for Alien Three. <laughs> As you as you just say, except for Alien Three, we'll just uh, but, slide that off the table. Yeah, but to be fair to Fincher, like he also wasn't happy with Alien Three because of studio interference. So maybe that is that is why. Uh, but you came up with the genius idea of talking about Fincher's music videos, which is of course you know where he started his career. It's actually where obviously a lot of directors start their careers too. So I thought first question to you, Sarah, you know, why did you want to talk about music videos today? Um, I like you said. I think people forget about music videos as a cinematic art form, um, and I know like people always talk about like thriller um, and all like these big blockbustery music videos. But even small indie films, um, music videos are where like directors cut their teeth and get their visual style. 
um and you can really tell that with um some of the director's works especially like early fincher music videos you can tell he's got like a quite a good brand and, and i'm not going to mention what some of the videos we're talking about today are but he's got oh, yeah. some iconic ones under his belt that people um, i remember it's uh, pitching this to you and when you found out about one that he did you were like oh my <laughs> god and it's like yes because <laughs> it's you know it is it's just um i want to direct music videos um as well as mm. adverts because it is a kind of really good way especially if you want to get into like syncing music with visual artistry music videos are a really good place to start and yeah i love music videos like the really good yeah. ones so good it's interesting because it's never i'm just gonna be honest it's never something i've really like looked into like i have obviously seen music videos but yeah. i've never been like oh, this would be interesting to analyse like we will do today. And even though I was aware that David Fincher, as as you said, you know, directed music videos, I wasn't aware like which ones he did. But like, you know, loads of directors like start off their careers making music videos. Like um, Michael Bay is obviously a big one, mm. even though like I'm not a Michael Bay fan <laughs> at all. Like you do acknowledge that he is a huge director and you know, that's where he started yeah. and you know, I was reading earlier, like, Jonathan Glazer, who went on to do Under the Skin, which I mm-hmm. love, that film, and Sexy Beast, he did music videos, Mark Webb, who did Amazing Spider-Man, like, yeah, all these, as you say, it's music videos and advertising. I don't know if it's yeah. just because I'm less, like, aware of the importance of it, because, like, when I grew up, like, it was, like, the dying age of for music, and, uh. like, I didn't have MTV over here, but do you know what I mean? It was, like, we didn't really have, like, any big music videos that were events the only one i can think of recently that i like actually like it's a video i paid attention to is ariana grande's uh <laughs> thank you next which says a lot about my music taste for starters <laughs> but also that that like paid homage to like mean girls and mm. Gone. so i think that's another reason i paid attention to it but i feel that like with the death of like not that full music and top of the pops is like completely dead but you know what i mean it's nowhere near as big as it used to be I think that's why music videos maybe don't have as like they're not as like big now or like in my mind they aren't compared yeah. to like the 80s and 90s yeah well i i uh grew up in the 90s um like i remember some really like significant ones i'm a big bjork fan um so her music videos are kind of iconic and legendary um because they're so weird like yeah um but they always have meaning of them and funnily enough she launched like some film directors spike jones and michelle gondry did a lot of her work yeah spike jones of course he yeah i forgot about him yeah um and i even as a kid before i really got heavily into her because like i she's my first love um <laughs> and true love never dies uh <laughs> even before i got heavily into her i was aware of her music videos because they were so like people brought up them all the time and also like shows like never mind the buzzcocks would like mm. like to pick apart music videos um and then you'd have like uh like i said four music um i cannot never not remember what was on four channel four had a music show as well um and it i just remember getting up in the morning and getting ready for school as a teenager and flicking through music channels uh i was big mm. into emu and rock so emu and rock have some really good inventive music videos and like kerrang and scuzz. Oh, Karai. Yeah. See, I never listened to any of this or, like, watched it, I suppose. 
yeah. growing up. So I just yeah loved music videos, um, and I I when I listen to music now, even if I've never heard it before, I will think of a music video to go with it. It's just for, I, I think. 90s really solidified the music video like obviously 80s gave birth to it but the 90s were so so big and there are so many iconic music videos that like you can just tell from like seconds into it yeah yeah it's like this is i know what you mean i said nowadays it's like i feel like they're like not as like bigged up as much if you know what i mean except for when you have like proper event ones like like ariana grande's thank you next but i do actually have a good music video story for you yes um because even like like i've say for like the past decade i've never like really paid attention to them but when i was a baby um a baby, a baby. <laughs> i went full moira rose fan <laughs> um, you shit's creek fans out there um like my dad basically like is like the biggest u2 fan like ever and it's my favorite band as well but like so much so that like when i was being born like my dad made sure u2 was playing like in the room so i was literally born to u2 so i used to watch a lot of like vhs tapes of u2 music videos and there's this one called numb which is basically the edge being tied up and he's got like woman's feet going onto his face and it's like a tap dripping it's a bit bondagey it's a bit weird but that used to send me to sleep as a baby (laughs) (laughs) like every time it, it like worked um so I used to watch, I suppose, a lot of YouTube music videos growing up just because of my dad. There's a great one for Elevation, which is Tomb Raider. Like, Angelina Jolie's, like, Tomb Raiders in it. But I suppose, like, apart from that, like, I've never really, like, paid attention to them. But then when I started looking to David Finch's history, I was like, oh, my God, I actually do know these videos, like, in yeah. the back of my mind somewhere. Um, and it was interesting, like, as I said, I've never, like, analysed a video before, but looking at it in the way that you would look at a movie like it is actually quite interesting so we have a few picked out to talk about he's done a lot he's done a, <laughs> so... he's done a lot he's done, and he's kept going you know i think I keep yeah this one was was like 2017 i think if i yeah getting that correct like he has continued to do music videos every now and then so which i like it's not like because a lot of directors i suppose will start off doing them and then like move on but Finchley, you know, he, uh, he, he's still dedicated. So I thought we'd kick off with the one which I think I said to you is like, oh my God, I didn't realise David Finch did this one, which is one of the most iconic music videos. So I'm going to do the hand signals now so Sarah can see, but people can't see. But we are doing, <laughs> we are voguing right now. We are voguing right now. I didn't know he did Madonna's Vogue, which is obviously iconic. Like, yeah. most iconic. I feel that like, also like, Every time I think of Vogue, I do think of that Glee episode because <laughs> I was such a just Glee about kid. To say that. So, <laughs> about to say yes, it's so iconic. Even Glee did it. <laughs> Even Glee did it. Um, so Vogue, it's like obviously I feel like everyone's seen the Vogue music video. Yeah. Even if you haven't seen it, you've seen the you have seen the Vogue music video because it's so parodied as well. It's so parodied. It even launched its own its own dance style uh, which is most popular with drag queens which is voguing well yeah you know and it's 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 such a like it you know you could just turn around to anyone be like strike a pose and people (laughs) will be like yeah folk like and it's it's just a beautiful music video um and what i find interesting that we talk about vogue is that it's probably 
the most in relation to Mank. Yes, yes. It's very old school Hollywood, that golden age of Hollywood, black and white, of course. Yeah. Um, like, I really like the way it's shot, and obviously it's black and white, but it feels like, I think the phrase is soft focus. Like, it feels really like kind of the lines are blurred or like the lines are hazy and it's not just black and white like there's really stark contrast between like the close-up shots of madonna's face which is like she's just glowing like the queen is just glowing and everything else is like quite shadowy in the background yeah as you say mank because golden age of hollywood it's something clearly fincher has always been interested in yeah um and he's like even the lyrics and she brings up people like gene harlow um mm. and Rita Hayworth who are people I think not like people everyone I think knows James Dean and like Marilyn Monroe but like Greta Garbo and Neil and Diedrich to go through like the people who start like, their careers in science films and pre-code and film noir and all those those that heyday of golden Hollywood is it would be interesting to see if there are any similarities to how he shoots this 1930s story in his upcoming movie yeah yeah because it's the same sort of like style i suppose the yeah the black and white golden age of hollywood i just yeah i just i feel like that sort of suits the style of just of the song yeah so as you say she mentions all these like, like icons anyways yeah yeah and he shoots it just he has a great use of shadows um in yeah. black and white and how they fall on the dancers faces so like I can you can I can remember it pretty much like frame for frame because of like how he shoots just the men and the women and the different skin mm. tones and the outfits and the dances against black and white backgrounds um, and the use of lighting on the shadows in the face and it's just you watch it and you're like this is actually so much more than just the song but it's a piece of art. Mm, yeah, and talking about piece of art, obviously a lot of the like poses are like recreations of like really famous like i read online about the recreations of really famous photographs um so i suppose when we are talking about piece of art like that's even acknowledged in the video itself yeah i love oh yeah you just like we said you just can't get any more iconic than the vogue music video <laughs> yeah i know i know that's why when i read that he did that, i was like how did i not know this already because it is so but you know, it's not just it looks good, but it really... The thing about the music video is that it has to match the sort of power and vibe of mm. the song. Otherwise, it just doesn't gel. And I think this, like, really... Like, even the strong poses matches the power and lyrics. And it's, like, really clean and crisp, like the song. And, yeah, I suppose it embodies all things Vogue, which is what you want from a music video for Vogue. <laughs> That's called Vogue, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think... Um, Finch and Madonna's like obviously relationship with their music videos is interesting because I think they, did they make four together? I don't know. I should have to fact check this. <laughs> <laughs> they made four. Uh, four, yes. So it's um, Vogue. Who is it? Oh, Father and Bad Girl. Oh, Express Yourself. Express Yourself. Yeah. Who is it? It's Michael Jackson, which is another one we'll be talking about today. So um, it's very clear that they had like a good working relationship since they made like these like really iconic videos together and as you see you can't get more iconic iconic than van vogue it just it just has such a look to it it has such a look to it it, it is just and like i think of it now and i could just see her doing the dance to the main chorus you know mm. it's just brilliant brilliant top-notch music video <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. I feel like we should talk about the other Madonna one now. Yes. That we are going to talk about, which is, I think, maybe my favourite Madonna song, although I really like a lot of Madonna songs. I love Madonna. Um, but we're talking about Express Yourself. Um, yes. Express Yourself. That iconic suit. Yes. Well, I want to talk about this suit because, you know, like, at the time, like, what's interesting about this music video, uh, which also was the most expensive music video ever made at the time, I think it still is the third most expensive, like, ever, ever made. You know, $5 million on a music video, which is, like, a lot more than, like, even, like, some indie films budget, yeah. like, today, which is crazy, but it shows you the importance of these music videos at the time, I think. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But as you said, the suit is really important because... <laughs> it's so important. <laughs> it's so important. I feel like, let, yes, let's discuss how, why it's important then you can start because, like, you know. <laughs> it's just, I, it's just, like, it's a power suit. Like, and she's uh, iconically, like, open-buttoned with just, like, a bra. And she's just dancing, singing about how women shouldn't settle for, like, rubbish men. And mm. she just comes out with this, like, really powerful power suit, which I think is emulated in Vogue as well. Um, yes, yes. But it, she, it's just, oh, oh, I can't. Sorry, I've lost my words because it's so iconic. It's just, yeah. I think, especially is a very powerhouse anthem for women. Yeah, yeah. I think we forget because, like, now power suits are so, like I literally was watching like the U.S. elections going on at the moment. I suppose it's ended, but I was watching like Kamala Harris's speech yesterday, and she's obviously wearing this amazing power suit. And like, so nowadays we're used to seeing like women in suits, but at this time, yeah, it was new. Like this hadn't been like really done before. So for Madonna to come on in this like power suit, like. It's like I think they call it like gender bending. I think is the yes. phrase. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And she does, and it's a really interesting when it appears in the mu- in the music video because um, she spends the first half as this kind of like um, dream of this like mm. sexy, very sexy, like very sexy. like oil worker. She's got this gorgeous like dress on in the yeah. first. Yeah, in the first. Looking bit. very Marilyn Monroe like a little little silky dress, blonde curly hair, and then halfway through, she just comes on with this kind of statement power suit with her hair sort of nearly slicked back, just dancing yeah. above the sweaty, oily, muscly men. <laughs> um, and it's just so good. And you're just like, wow, it just really switched the tone on like where mm. she stands with this music video, singing about how women can do it get things themselves because you don't need those diamond rings you don't need like the fancy things what by giving you you need a man who's going to make you feel good and she's doing yeah. this in a power suit and you're just like fuck yeah sorry i don't know if i'm yeah. you're allowed to swear yeah, we're fine we'll keep the fuck yeah in because <laughs> yeah, it's just so good <laughs> it is it's like as you say it's like incredibly empowering this is madonna really showing off her like female sexuality and you know, how strong she is and like people shouldn't downplay the importance of that suit. But also, like, how often, like, I was, I've been re-watching a lot of Bond recently just because uh, I'm trying to watch them all yeah. before No Time to Die comes out and I hadn't seen any old Bond before. And, you know, I'm watching these opening sequences and there's, like, from Rush of Love and it is just close-up shots of, like, naked female bodies. So how refreshing is it to have a music video which is naked 
male bodies and like they're like zoomed in on and muscular and sweaty like do you know what I mean it's quite it's different to what I suppose we usually see yeah absolutely and then uh this music has a weird kind of undercurrent about (laughs) anti-capitalism so it works on many layers I'm like these like men who are like sleeping together having very homoerotic water fights that I started going this this music video has everything for any sexuality um dreaming of this opulent rich woman fantasy who turns out to be also their boss i think that's the kind of yeah narrative of this this story and she picks she picks like one doesn't she yeah it's interesting that it's inspired by metropolis um which like since this is early like fincher this is a music video i feel that like really brought attention to fincher as well yeah you know, like he was like i want to make a music video about it's inspired by fritz lang's metropolis because he is like he knows cinema yeah oh yeah um oh yes oh yes and <laughs> he really um you can tell these early early music videos that we're talking about um especially this one that he's got a distinct style with them like this express yourself and we'll come up to him who is it and uh jamie's got a gun all feel like they belong in the same kind of shady anti-capitalist like grim sweaty dystopian steampunk and like dirty and like i literally like i could i mean you watching all finch's films for the podcast like dirt is a theme yes like fight club's got like it like an inch of like grime on it whereas seven is like it really is an inch of dirt and yeah they all are quite like grubby looking so not that it's not especially self music video is grubby but i suppose that is at the factory there is that sort of like dirt to it and i love the metropolis like nods with the tall skyscrapers you just strong bold visuals like it really does have a look to it yeah also it has a black cat in it which as we're both owners of black cats so right oh yeah this this topless muscly man comes in with a black cat to her boudoir and i'm like this is everything this is like my fantasy come to life how about <laughs> have a cat so yeah, yes it is you. extra points for having a black cat in it i also read that madonna once said in an interview just this bit made me laugh um because someone asked about the the purpose of the black cat being in a video and she says it's because pussy rules the world <laughs> that's great which is fantastic and this is you know like i said this is before the likes of like i think is it beyonce who did who run the world yeah destiny's child yeah Destiny's Child, I'm sorry, the other members of Destiny's Child (laughs) whose names I haven't got a fucking clue about. I need to double check this. Uh, Oh no, it's Beyonce. No, you're right. Oh, I was right. Yeah, Okay, but still, the Destiny's Child I forgot about. But do you know what I mean? Like, it's like Who Run The World Girls, but like back in like, I think it's Express Yourself like 89. I probably have that completely wrong. But, yeah. you know, like, it's an empowering feminist anthem before the likes of that. So we can't, like, downplay the importance of that music video, I think. And song in general. And just Madonna's a queen, obviously. Madonna's a queen. Um, and I know, like, people nowadays are just like, oh, she's there, old, there. That shit, she's crazy. Bear, crazy, bear. Um, And you just, like, you kind of forget how liberating she was for feminism. Um, and she she totally came out 
owning her own sexuality and her own sexiness, but it was hers. She wasn't being manipulated by anyone. She wasn't like, she was like, no, this is going to be me. I'm going to be like, no girls, it's okay to, well, express yourself. I know this is about men expressing themselves, but also it has that kind of unknown, like, no girls, you also express yourself. You tell him that he needs to tell you, like, you're, you're a powerful girl. And that's how her music kind of evolved, especially in the late 80s and the 90s. She she was a feminist icon because she owned who she was and her image and told every girl that they could as well. And she she yeah. set up a lot of controversy, but in a very good way. She's so iconic that Drag Race like brings her up all the time. She's just <laughs> an icon. And people yeah. need to forget, need to like be like, Oh yeah. Okay. So she she has age, but she's still doing iconic things right now. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited for her biopic that is uh, that she's been working on. Yeah. Because um, she's like, is she directing? Like, I get so confused sometimes. But I know she's like making her own biopic, which is the most Madonna thing. The most ever. Madonna thing. Because she imagine, takes yeah. control. Yeah. Exactly. And she. If she directs it, I know she hasn't had like the best of luck with direction with yeah. movies, but um... <laughs> we'll skim over that. <laughs> Poor Madonna. Secret project, yeah. She just, you know, hopefully, hopefully she can nail doing nail. I was gonna say nail herself, but that came so wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you mean, but you I feel like. I mean. Madonna is such an icon and like you really when you picture Madonna you have these like really strong images in your head including like stills from Express Yourself and very like you can't deny the importance of these music videos you know at the time before an age of like social media etc and helping sort of bring like like that look I suppose to like yeah. people yeah which exactly. is why you know which is why these videos were so important as if we didn't ha- I don't know if it's just me who just didn't have MTV here in the UK but is MTV think because MTV like this was like David Fincher was like the king of MTV, wasn't he, in terms of music videos? Because that's where they would like play. I don't know if we had it here in the UK. But if we did, yeah. I obviously I missed it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, I don't think MTV became a big thing over here until we got like digital, which was like very into my teens. And then at yeah. that point, MTV had stopped being a music channel and were that's like it. for programs of like six. <laughs> 16 sweet 16 and teenaged and pregnant mtv cribs mtv cribs yeah exactly so and like what is the one with the bus where oh, no idea yeah so it, it became like that kind of show whereas like the music videos that i remember watching were like top of the pops um mm. and on music like the music <laughs> section of like smtv live um and i still can't remember Channel 4 yeah. had, like, a really good show with um, Vernon Kay and Simon Amstel and that had that played a lot of music videos and that's kind of how my love for music videos developed until, like, yeah. we finally all got Sky or Freeview <laughs> and I could, like, bounce around the rock channels. Yeah, I feel because like, Express Yourself was played, like, on the hour every hour on MTV because that was the, as we said, the music video channel. Uh, let's talk about a non-Madonna so we talk about michael jackson which i know you you're desperate to talk about who is it yeah and this is where i admit to sarah that i really don't like michael jackson music i can't believe you don't like michael jackson music like it's okay (laughs) i never (laughs) 
it's okay. <laughs> when you use her phrase, yeah, it's all right. About like the guy, we just well, the queen of pop to the king of pop. Yeah. Like, and you're like, no, I never, okay. I never choose to listen to Michael Jackson. So you, uh, yeah, never choose to listen to Michael Jackson. You picked who is it, which I'd never heard of. I'm gonna hold my hands up, Sarah, and say I'd never listened to this song before. So it was like a little adventure for me going onto YouTube, googling who is it to watch the music video, which was really bizarre. <laughs> I don't know what I was expecting. Yeah. But was it what I was expecting? I think because I'd only seen like, fr- I do really like Thriller actually, because like every person in the world does like Thriller. And I'm yeah. obviously very used to the Thriller music video. So then to have this sort of like weird, it's about like a high class, like escort. I don't know. It was just not what I expected, I think. Yeah, so obviously Michael Jackson, if we talk about music videos, has some right iconic music videos. Um, and I oh, think yeah. he's the one who really embraced it and launched music videos to to like how they became in the 80s and the 90s, um, especially with stuff like Thriller, the black and white, bad. Um, and he really like emulated a lot of um, creativity. I, growing up, my sister was a massive fan of Michael Jackson. Mm. Um, and we watched Moonwalker all the time um so you know he's a very good he was a very good visual artist i thought didn't discover who is it um because i wasn't obsessed with my sister had like a carpet wall rug on the wall of michael jackson um, i love that <laughs> and as i said i'm like bjork all the way um i uh didn't discover who is it until i was sat in like ritzy cinema office with another big Michael Jackson fan who just listened to non-stop <laughs> Michael Jackson. Um, and it's like my idea of hell. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Who Is It came on and I never really heard it or I must have heard it ages ago, like in the back of my brain. And I really like dark songs. Like I love dark themed songs. Um, yeah. Well, we got an extra dark one coming up later. So. Oh, yes, we do. We definitely do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, definitely the darkest on the list. Um, yeah. And um, this has got like that kind of like, oh, I don't want to say gothy rhythm, but that kind of brooding rhythm and lyrics, lyrics that I enjoy. Mm. And I think the music video really matches the theme of the song because the song's all about how she's left, he's sad because she's left him for someone else. And she's, he's like, who is it? And he's like, is it my brother? Uh, which is like, my <laughs> my and then the music video is him crying over an escort who he was fell in love with and then found that she has different identities. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, <laughs> I think I read an article about this. I think it was IndieWire who was like, and the woman is, it's, they said it's unbelievable because the woman is so sexy that she can make a, a crippled man walk. <laughs> it, oh, wow. So why would she be with like Michael Jackson? Um, uh, but I really, I really enjoy the kind of um, like I'm not so hot on the narrative, but I'm more interested in the lighting. And it's very gold. It's very film noir as well, mm. um, and uh, it's got that kind of like good Fincher quality to it, as we were discussing before. That kind of like brooding. Um, shady grimy underbelly of the world to it um and these wonderful moments where he michael jackson goes to explore the her apartment and he sees her face in everything yeah and all the furniture um 
so yeah i i don't know why i love it so much but you can just tell like if i put that music video in front of you and was like which famous director like directed this you'd be like david fincher because you can it's just it's a very early example of his work and Mm. his kind of like brand of noir it's very much like seven it's very much like the game so it has that kind of gold element and i love the game so like it's 90s fincher this stamp on it so good yeah i think i just need to appreciate maybe michael jackson a bit more to like but i really like as the visuals of the music video i think jumping from film noir we should now talk about janie's got a gun um, janie's got a gun aerosmith yeah um, which i admit is a song i hadn't heard of before clearly i had like a really like big hole <laughs> in my music knowledge but i really enjoyed both the song and the video and it is so dark and striking which is this is gonna sound really bad not what i was expecting but then also it's like as you said like this is david fincher like yeah you this is clearly the guy who made seven and zodiac and all these other like serial killer dark shadowy gumshoe detective you know what i mean like films yeah absolutely um and jenny's got a gun is the most i think of all these videos the one that the narrative completely matches the song um and uh it because I watched this, Jenny's Got a Gun. I've been fascinated with Jenny's Got a Gun since I was like 14 and it came on like VH1. And I was like, I really, I don't know why I find it so compelling, but it's a very sad story. Yeah, um, yeah. awful. Like, and, it, and like really like heavy themes as well, like dealt sensitively. Yeah. But you know, it, like it's not afraid to like talk about fears of child abuse and violence. Yeah. And um, I was reading up on Steven Tyler, who obviously wrote the song with that in mind to shed light to to girls who suffer from child abuse and incest um, from like particularly their dads, which is what Janie's got, if people who don't know, that's what Janie's got a gun is all about, like a, mm. a dad sexually assaulting his daughter and his daughter retaliating, which is the theme of the song and the music video. Mm. Um, and what I didn't know about Steven Tyler, which is my favorite fact of, of his, is that three years ago he actually funded and opened a home for girls who have been suffering from oh. um, and it's i think it's like a fund called like the Janie fund which is named after the song but he um yeah opened a, a really amazing home for these girls who've been through this so they can like a refuge type thing so they can like mm. rehabilitate and move on with their lives and get the, the sort of resources they need um so it's a That's really, amazing yeah it's a it's a topic that he hasn't just picked up for this song you know which makes i think more this song more powerful he hasn't just gone i'm going to use this theme he's gone i'm going to use this theme and i'm going to do it for good yeah yeah and as you said the sort of the music video very matches the story like it's one of those music videos which we have the live performance aspect but we have this sort of narrative storytelling as well like we see jd we see what happens and you know, it places you in a sort of dark, shadowy, like horrible world, which is what David Finch is about is world building. Yeah. And, you know, placing you in these, yeah, dark universes, I suppose. Which I think is, I for me, best the best music videos are the ones that have a narrative and it feels yeah. like a film because they have the narrative that like connects to to the, the song. So you can feel every like emotional bit of the song including like 
when he I think for me the best part is when Steve Tyler's like do it the runaway bit yeah yeah I know what you're feeling about yeah yeah um my other fun fact I don't, I don't know if you find it if we're just gonna make it a little bit like hard um, <laughs> just for like a slight second because it is also Jamie's Got a Gun is featured in not another teen movie um Oh, okay. In, I didn't know that. In a wonderful parody of 10 Things I Hate About You, Chris Evans um, <laughs> comes out and sings Janie's Got a Gun to the lead character, Janie, and everyone freaks out thinking that she's got a gun because they're like, you need to sing a song with her name in it. Um, so that's the other, the other way. <laughs> Janie's Got a Gun. Um, but uh, yeah, so it's a, it, the, the film, you have this like proper stoic detective like yeah like zodiac like um seven who is just trying to solve the case and in the end just i love the end image of him wrapping this girl up who's yeah. so much and being like you know you're safe now even you know we're not going to hurt you or like prosecute or yeah and it doesn't shy away from the hard themes of child abuse as well like it obviously it deals, deals with it in a sensitive manner but you know, they could have so easily, I say easily, but you know what I mean, like shied away from that aspect. And I'm yeah. glad they didn't because it does embrace the meaning of the song. Yeah, I think it's very similar to um, Pearl Jam, uh, uh, Jeremy, what has that oh, kind of yes. like titular character. Um, and it's like about how like adults affect kids and um, what kids go through and teenagers especially and um again it's such a it's only i feel like it is only just like more recently where it, it is coming out more and more about child abuse in families hmm. you know and it's just this song um it was meant to shine a light on it yeah yeah which the video helps do as well and as you say, it has all the sort of Fincher aspects in there, like the film noir. There's some really nice shots of like bullets and the classic gumshoe detective. You can sort of see where that grounding is in yeah. this music video. And we've yeah. got one more to talk about, which is quite a different one. Yes. Um, we don't have to take our clothes off, which is such a good song. It's such a good song. Um, such a good song. Um, but a really different video. Really different video. Um, I like it. One of the reasons why I picked it because it's his early, one of his earliest, one of his yeah. first, uh, and like, I and completely different to what I said. If I put this in front of you and told, asked you who directed this, none of you would say David Fincher. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, 1986. There we are. 1986. Yeah. Um, and I picked it because I just, I just, it's so joyous. It's so unashamedly 80s, right? Mm. Um, but I just love the kind of like the change of clothes and that matches like the theme of the the music video. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, it's really like weird the music video because it's a live performance, but the live performance is in like a different aspect ratio. It's like smaller. Yeah. You've got this sort of like picture of the live performance and then obviously the woman taking her clothes off. It's like large on top, like almost overlapping Direct. I don't know, it's just, it's really interesting looking. And then the live performance, like the video sort of like tilts back and forth and left to right. Like it's quite experimental in a way. And also that movement really matches the sort of dynamics of the song. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that kind of, the 
the changing of clothing is so fluid to me. Like, yeah, really good editing on how how like he just circles and changes clothes, and yeah, it's like you're watching a TV within a TV. Yeah, yeah, um, and I just really like it. I really love the song, but I do like how it's sort of like it's like a little picture and a bigger picture. And then they sort of overlap and then the, the smaller one like moves around and it's really dynamic and yeah, quite experimental. And the camera sort of swings from one person to the other as well during the live performance. Like it really does capture the dynamics off the, um, off the yeah. music. And it's so 80s. It really is so 80s. So 80s. It's like the most 80s, one of the most 80s films to have like, music videos, keep saying films, music videos <laughs> ever 80s and probably the one of, the ones on his list that doesn't have a narrative as to say but yeah it's just a live performance yeah yeah but has a lot of ingenuity in it yeah it's very experimental and i do like how the sort of old school hollywood comes through at the start because they have like the picture start and the countdown you know, that's again yeah. pinch's sort of fascination with hollywood and cinema and i like yeah i really like this video as so you wouldn't be able to tell it's directed by david fincher because it is so early on and there's no narrative there but it is yeah it is great yeah yeah absolutely yeah so um let's have some concluding thoughts do you think you can see in his feature films you know his music video background yes definitely um with obviously as we said the cinematography and the lighting in in like the early 80s and 90s ones you can tell directly affect his early 90s mm. but because I think Fincher has such a great handling of scores and music in mm. his, his like more recent stuff stuff like the girl with the dragon tattoo stuff like yeah. social network gone girl um especially uh, we should just have a slight mention to like nine inch nails and Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross, Atticus Ross. Ross. yeah they have like like he's directed a couple of music videos of his of theirs as well mm. um but like i think fincher has such a handling of how music enhances a scene even if it's like a slow like um, atmospheric score to like a full-blown kind of like music number he yeah and he yeah. has those kind of fluid elements especially with like using sorkin's words in like the social network and that kind of like ingenuity of the score the dialogue mm. and the atmosphere and I think he just knows how to blend it in and I think that's a really good lesson to learn from making music videos and how to make yeah. narrative with the music as you say he's he uses like score so well and it's it's quite different scores like the Dust Brothers did yeah. Fight Club they're like not your traditional Hans Zimmer as I say with Atticus and Ross did so social networks are my favorite scores of all time it's just mm-hmm. incredible but is you know, he uses different scores, but also the use of like popular songs as well. Like, Where's My Mind in Fight Club, uh, Immigrant Song for the opening off, Girl Drank to yeah. amazing opening credits, which I love, and yeah. also Enya. That uh, the use of Enya and Girl Drank to Two will forever haunt me. Like, yeah. I could I could never listen to Enya in the same way, and also Hurdy Gurdy Man in, in Zodiac, yes. And um, I think my favorite. Even though it's just a title sequence, but the use of closer in seven, like oh, of course, yeah, title sequence is so good and sets up the whole griminess of seven. Yeah, yeah, he knows how to use music, but I agree with you that 
the uh, the visuals as well. Like you can see where his fascination with the wild comes from and the dark shadows, you know, from his music videos. But I would say there's certain moments in his like films which look like music videos as well. Like I think a lot in Fight Club because of the way it's so highly yeah. stylized. I'm like like there's like a sexy between Tyler and Marla, which is really slow mo and they're like soft focus, and it's like that could be from a music video. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, easily. And even recently, so my fate, one of my favorite scores of all time is the Gone Girl score. Um, mm. And the technically missing sequence where you have the big reveal could be a whole music video because it has that yeah. build and that narrative. And then her driving in the car. Like, the best moment. The best moment. I watched it last night for like the hundredth time. <laughs> oh, Gone Girl is actually. One of those weird films I'll put on to shit if I'm ill, just because yeah. I love it so much. And it's well, so... it is a rom com. So... It is a rom com, and it's just so. Like, this is this is not where we discuss whether Gone Girl is a rom com. <laughs> but it's so pitch perfect, and that middle sequence, that whole reveal, I work out to it. You know, and like <laughs> just make me feel, even though she's like technically the villain of the piece. Makes yeah. me feel like an impact. Oh, she's a psycho. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. But, you know, she's the cat that got the cream. And I'm sure, like, um, I'm really looking forward to your future podcast on this because it's just one of my favourite films. Yeah. Like, We've got he's... Clarice coming on for it. Me and Clarice uh, are going to... Two uh, Gone Girl stands talking about Gone Girl. <laughs> I mean, definitely listen to that. You and Clarice are <laughs> best. So I will happily, like, take a listen. But, yeah, even, like, then. And I'm excited because I know... I've read about how he has changed the sound for Mank, which I'm a yes. big pre person. So I love pre-code cinema and 1930s cinema. So I'm excited to see how one of my directors brings the music, the music and the atmosphere and the visuals of that era to modern audiences. And I'm hoping a very different way than the artist did. So, yeah, it's Atticus Ross. And Trent Reznor again for Mank, yeah. right? We stand, oh, yeah. we love them. Yeah. yeah I absolutely. suppose that's my last question. You know, are you looking forward to Mank? As you said, pre-code. It's like it's like David Fincher's making a movie for you, Sarah. Oh my god, it's <laughs> like he's making a movie for me and he's put my favorite some of my favourite delicious stars in it. He's got like actors from the heyday that I love. Um and he's got like Trent Reznor and Nascot Ross in the score. Oh, Yes, I'm so like it is like he's like, huh, what does Sarah want to tick? And I am gonna have my projector out, I'm gonna have like a week of fincher. I'm just gonna like go nuts. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, and I um I'm looking forward to seeing how like he looks at that age of Hollywood. Um yeah. you which which we have seen look at, I suppose, in his music videos with, with the likes of Vogue, so yeah, I'm very excited for Man Good. I can't see it in cinemas because damn lockdown. Damn but lockdown. Netflix will come and save my day. <laughs> yes, yes. Get a, I think I'm definitely getting my projector out. I'm definitely just gonna like force my housemate to watch it. But we're sitting <laughs> down. We're watching Mank. I'm going to get a glass of my champagne. I'm going to drink it oh. in a 1930s glass. Classy. Yeah. Very classy. Well, it's a class. It looks like a classy movie. It looks like a lot of fun as well. Definitely. And I'm excited to see, as you say, the music's going to be quite different in it. So I'm excited to see like how that works. Yeah. Um, but I always, you, know, I always look forward to Fincher. Um, I suppose 
Where can we see more of you, Sarah, and more of your work? More of me and more of my work. Well, um, you can find a lot of my uh, articles on movies on weekends and my short films that I've made so far. Um, you can also follow me at Cookie and Screen on Twitter for for puns and gifts and a lot of pre-code. If you want to hear me talk about pre-codes and Victorians, then just come to my Twitter because <laughs> that is where you can find me. But movies on weekends and, is where most of my work is. Yeah. And images of Jekyll. Your, and, your cat. Oh my god! Yes, absolutely. <laughs> like all the images. We have to we have to mention black cats because I say I have a. I have a black cat. You have a black cat. Madonna has a black cat. Madonna has a black cat. And express yourself. So it all ties together so well. It does tie together so well. You know, cats are the best. They're a writer's best friend, I uh, reckon. Um, yeah. And my little cat of eight months, and he's called Jekyll, out of my one of my favourite films, musicals, and books. Um, I don't everything. Have to, <laughs> I don't have to explain what. I don't think anyone else has been called Jekyll in the history of time, other than Jekyll <laughs> and Mr Hyde. Um, so he's a very film cinematic Victorian gentleman, just a blend. Yeah, bit of and a mine's Holmes, like Sherlock Holmes. So another fellow Victorian gentleman. Another <laughs> fellow Victorian gentleman. I wonder if there must be a story out there of Sherlock Holmes meeting Doctor Jekyll, because I know that there's loads of like Sherlock Holmes fighting Victorian villains. Yeah, yeah. There must be like some sort of like I'm going to Google that later <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Anyways, well, thank you for coming on and talking about music videos. And we had quite a ride. We looked at many different things. Many different I'm off things. now to go and boogie to express yourself. So. Express yourself. I am so going to get moody with, um, with uh, who is it? I'm like, who oh. is it? So, no. around You can't convince house. me about Michael Jackson. I'm sorry. I'm I, sorry. Just, I <laughs> can't. It just it baffles my mind. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyways well thanks for coming on it's been great that was me and sarah cook discussing finch's music videos on the next episode film journalist and broadcaster frida cooper joins me to discuss his thriller zodiac don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode and follow us on twitter too at the fincher takes it i would love to hear your thoughts on finch's music videos and any feedback on the podcast see you next time